Dylan, yeah? Yeah, how are you doing? How are you, man? I'm all right, I'm all right. I want to welcome you to the 442 podcast. Cheers for coming on, man. Good to be here, lad. Thanks for having me. No bother, man. No bother, man. So, do you want to get into it? Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. Get into it. Right. So, basically, this is just going to be a best 11, like in the Premier League, from the 2010 years to the 2000, uh, 2020 or whatever. So, basically, our generation. And it's just a, the best 11 that, or the world that I've seen, anyway. Is that all right with you? Yeah, no, that's perfect, lad. Yeah. Right. So, I think we start off maybe with the goalkeepers. Yeah, I, I, I base this on like who I'd win want to win a one time game, you know, just a one off game like uh, I'm not going on longevity or how many trophies they won or anything like that. I'm literally just going on who I'd put out there to win one game between two thousand and ten, two thousand and twenty. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's perfect. Yeah, I, I did sort of the same thing. Yeah, I did I didn't pick like the uh, the goalkeeper that I picked didn't hasn't really he's played for a long time, but he's why well, he's been one of the best keepers. Uh, the prime scene definitely well definitely that I've seen that's just the so, same yeah. do you want to go first or will I go first I don't mind yeah go on you walk away go on right right so I've gone for uh, as a goalkeeper I've gone for De Gea yeah same. I've just gone I've just said you know what I need a keeper that, that you know is solid and like if I want him in a one-off he's not as good as he was when he first came to United to say the last two years but I'd still, I'd still take him over any keeper currently, if you were having a one-off game. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of the same as you. I, I will be honest. I did struggle not to pick um, Allison just because he's so commanding in his box and like he makes the simple things look so easy. But uh, I had to go with the hair. Do you know what I mean? He's just the way, the way he's been with with United through the tough times as well, and he's been so influential. Maybe not in the last couple of years, but you just don't want to use recency bias, I suppose. Yeah, 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 I get you, I get you. Yeah, I was I was stuck between De Gea and Allison as well, and I just said, just because I think Allison he, he isn't as good with his feet as, well, as De Gea was. Allison isn't sort of as good, you know, technically on the ball as a goalkeeper. But if you're going off maybe shot-stopping, he could, he's maybe a, a tad bit better, but I still said De Gea, or just De Gea by a slight bit. Yeah, 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 same as that, same as that. Lovely, lovely. So, we agree on De Gea, yeah? Yeah. Right, right, right. So we move on to the back four. Is that all right with you? No hassle, bro. Right, lovely, lovely, lovely. We go from we go from right to left. So I've gone my my hold is for former City right back Zabaleta. My two centre halves I've gone for Van Dijk and Company, and then left back I've gone for Evra. Evra, good pick, good pick. Um, I've gone a small bit different. Um. Look, my right back I think has to be in there is Kyle Walker. Like, you know, he's just uh he's just uh, a born winner, I think. I know tonight didn't show it, but uh he, he normally is just a yeah. born so fast, so powerful on the ball, good going forward, good defensively. Um so I went him uh, right back. Uh, the two centre backs are the same, Virgil van Dijk and company. Um yeah, yeah. again the two of them are just born winners, uh, two commanding centre halves as well, both good with defeat. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the switch of play as well is very underrated with the two of them. They can use re- left foot or right foot. Um, so that's who I went at centre half. And then left back, I did go with Andy Robertson just because I think if you did go with a one off game to win, I think your full backs have to be able to go. There was a monster going forward. But uh, I think Robertson's cross of a ball is just like it, it, it'll make sense when you, when you hear the rest of my team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I actually, it's only just came into me. I didn't think of Walker. I, I, I should have thought. I didn't think of him. I completely, completely didn't even, didn't even cross my mind. Uh, yeah. yeah, I probably would have put him in, except for Zabaleta. He didn't even come into my mind. And then yeah. obviously the rest is obviously the rest practically the same. Bar the left back, I've only gone forever just because he's sort of you know he's slightly a bit better sort of defensively, and he didn't really. Like I'm not saying Robertson's bad defensively. He's really, really he's one of the best left backs you know out there at the moment. But yeah. he had see, I so it's sort of with with the rest of my team. I don't, I don't want fullbacks that are going to cross the ball. I just need you know fullbacks that are good at defending and aren't going to push up too high. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah, it all depends on how you're going. Like, you know, team, I suppose. But uh, yeah, mine's going to be a bit, a bit more attacking. Like, with the two centre halves that I have, I think, I think it gives the fullbacks permission to kind of push up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. So, all right. So we have to let's let's agree on a back four. So, I think, I think we we could we could agree on Walker. I I'd agree. I I'd, I'd agree with Walker. Yeah, I think Zabaleta and it's in. I suppose, like, if you're going an all-time Premier League kind of over their over their careers, Zabaleta is a great shout. In mine, um, but Kyle Walker, I think, has has a bit more to give yet, and he's just a monster. Even seeing him tonight, he was uh, yeah. like, at one point outside the Chelsea box, and he ran back and uh, and outpaced uh, Pulisic to get it back. Like, he's just he's just a monster. He is. He is. Oh yeah, I, I completely agree. He didn't even didn't even cross my mind. I'm not even lying. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I, I'd say I'd say we could put Walker right back. Is that all right with you? Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Lovely, lovely. Then we the two centre halves. We went the same. We went with obviously we went with the two. I actually two centre backs are both in the top five best in Prem. Just because of how actually like on the, on the ball and how actually good they are. Van Dijk and company are up there. Now I don't think they're up like you know they wouldn't be up there with like the Terry's or the Vidic- or the sorry the Ferdinands. But I think they're they're, and if now obviously an old company, you obviously you know at his time he was unbelievable. unbelievable. And then obviously with Van Dijk, if he comes back, and it's that unbelievable season, and he could go up there for you know he could be in the con- in the conversation with the Terry's and the Ferdinands. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think in terms of all time. The only person I have above Virgil van Dijk, in my opinion, is um, is John Terry. He's the only one I have above him. I think Virgil van Dijk is, by the time he finishes his career, I think he's going to be probably the... He'll probably still be behind John Terry, you know, just because he didn't do it before he came to, to Liverpool. I know he was he was good at Celtic and he was good at Southampton, but and nobody expected him to reach the levels that he's reached. So just for that, he'll fall short. But he's he's one of the best you'll, you'll ever see, like, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I'd only put Ferdinand and it does sort of depend on the the era of, of football has sort of changed. Like back then, need like you know back back in the early two thousand and ten, you know from like say two thousand eleven till about two thousand and thirteen, you'd need like a defender that was wasn't pacey, that like, wasn't the paciest, but you could tackle him. Like wouldn't be like get his head. Yeah. But, Terry or you know your villages would do, but I think game I'd have Van Dyke Van Dyke and company's pace and their passing range is just unbelievable. So off if you're going off one a one off game, it'd be it'd be those two. Do you know it could actually it could end up being a bad combination if they did actually play together because 
like it's sometimes it's hard to have two leaders or two massive leaders and massive voices in a team the two of them don't know i suppose who to lead like so if you have two leaders standing beside each other i think i think a team that'll win the league is going to be a team full of leaders but you have one out and out leader which was Roger van dyke last year and same with company the, you know the the kind of man of the group like the the roy Keane and and Henderson is another one as well. But in that back line, I think you should only really have one leader. I don't think they'd actually, they, it could go one or two ways. It could just be phenomenal or, uh, you know, the two of them could, might work together at all. Um, I, I've heard a yeah. lot of years, but uh, no, I still think for a one-off game, you have to pick the two of them. There's no one else that can go in there. Yeah, yeah. If you were going off, like I say, a season or multiple amount of games, I don't think they'd actually be the best partnership. But if you're going I do agree it has. And then obviously yeah, yeah. we've gone. You said Robbo for left back, and then obviously I've said. Yeah. Never, but I I think if you're going off like defensive. As a defensive sort of left back and not being caught out, Evers is definitely up there with Ashley Cole. But at the yeah, same time, yeah. like him going forward, he wasn't as good as Robinson is now in terms of like you know cross and or the, even some of the goals that he scored. But I think it just depends yeah. on the team we have, you know. I no, I do agree, and I, one thing I will say about Robertson as well, his defending is um, kind of underrated really because he spends so much time going forward. He's committed to that side of his his game. But if you watched him before he even went to Liverpool, and why I suppose he even signed for Liverpool is that when he did go forward, he was good. But his defensive, his defensive work was just was amazing. Like, it's just really underrated. Like he's very good to get in front of a ball. Very good to get fouled when the team needs it to to you know get out of pressure and to relieve some pressure. But uh, yeah, no, definitely a hundred percent. He has to be in there for one half game. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So back four of. Walker, like company, and Robertson is that a perfect lad, yeah. Perfect, perfect, right. I've gone with the, the formation that I three with a CDM just in front of the back. Like some more attacking players, but at the same time, one of them players is like was okay coming back. He was a good, hard-working player, and then I've gone obviously with three up front. Yeah, yeah, I did the same. I went four, three, three as well. Lovely. So we do you want to move on to maybe the yeah we go on. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Go on, walk away. Perfect. So the midfield three that I've gone that I've gone for at CDM, I've gone for uh, N'Golo Kante just because him like since he moved to Leicester and like from Le- from his Leicester days till about well obviously till tonight or whatever, he's been unbelievable. He'll go down. Completely, so hard working, and he's completely sort of. You know, at the same time, in the last few years, he's moved up the pitch. But in his early, from his early Leicester days, and even his early Chelsea days, he was unbelievable. So I have him, and I have my two centre mids. I have David Silva and KDB as the two other centre midfielders. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not too far off yet, to be fair. But uh, yeah, no, I agree with what you said about Ingolo Kante, right? So I put up a, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but. I put up a TikTok a while ago about the best um, defensive midfielders uh, ranking him like from the top six, and t- top of that list was N'Golo Kante. 
Um, now, I know there's yeah. a lot of backlash because people are saying he's not really a an out and out CDM, you know, he's more of a he's more of like a, a box to box and breaks up to play in that. But he has played a CDM role, and I think if I was yeah, going to yeah. pick a, a, an he has to be in there, like, you know what I mean? Um, I think if he was to go in there for a one-off game and just do the defensive work, I still think he'd be, you know, probably the best in the world at doing it. And he has been the best in the world at doing it. So uh, for me, yeah, and goal yeah, is great. Um, so, yeah, no, we can we can agree on him. Now, the other two, uh, I have, one of them is the same as yours, but the other one's a bit different. So the first one is Kevin De Bruyne. I don't think there's even a conversation that needs to be had about that. Yeah. Unbelievable. He's, unbelievable. he's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like his passing range, like his his like the quality of his passes, especially when Sani was there cutting in from like a an inside forward kind of a role. I thought he was just magical. As I've never witnessed that like him. Um so I think the Brian has to be in there. And then the older midfielder I have now, he didn't play for the whole decade, um, but it was Steven Gerrard. Uh so I like the fact that he was able to you know, he was able to kind of go box to box as well in his in his uh, career. He was able to, to to get stuck in. He was really hard working. He was passionate, and uh, like I think he complements Kante and De Bruyne perfectly in between. Like, do you know what I mean? So, um, I t- I, I think yeah, Jared, yeah, yeah, I, I, I completely get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the only reason, great, I, I, the only reason, well, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, I, I, I know, I completely agree. I think. The only reason I didn't go for um, Gerard was just because he sort of played. Yeah, he didn't play like a whole, you know, he didn't play the whole decade. And sort of towards the end of his Liverpool career, Liverpool weren't the best. And obviously he was getting old. He didn't, you know, he wasn't racking up the numbers in 2009 or 2010 seasons. That is the only reason yeah. why I didn't put him in. And I just put David Silva in because he was, since ever since he probably moved, properly moved the city, he was on. Unbelievable, he was class. His passing, like this little intricate, like dribbling that he could, he could get in in between like three or four players, say, or beat three or four players and then give off a thirty yard pass over the top. It just amazed me. Uh, that's that's the only reason. Yeah, and I, I completely get that as well. I think um, David Silva. The, the reason why I didn't put David Silva in there is because if you have Kevin De Bruyne in your team, I said to myself. I can't put David Silva in as well because the two of them are so creative. But I completely get anybody that puts Silva in there. Like you know, he's he was just a baller, man. I I haven't seen anybody do things on the ball like like he had kind of like a a messy messy type of a dribble, like where he could just in tight spaces. I think Phil Foden is just going to fit his boots perfectly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I completely get that. I completely understand it. But I had to go with. Uh, with Steven Gerrard and Kevin De Bruyne, just because I think they'll suit each other's roles perfectly. Yeah, yeah, I oh, know. I I completely agree. The only that's the, the only reason I didn't put Gerrard in was just because, like, the, towards sort of his end of his career, the end of his Liverpool career wasn't didn't have the best of you know of years because yeah. you know with, now at the same time you know Liverpool themselves weren't good. There, you know, even when Klopp even when Klopp came in, they weren't the best. And I just said, if you're going off say a one off game. I'd need somebody that could sort of work hard. Now, we didn't have the best, you know, we didn't have the best defensive um, abilities, as you know, as the Gerrard's were. But I'm, I think just if you want somebody that can get in between tight, tight spaces, can take set pieces, and just can sort of, you know, sort of create chances. I know we have KDB, but I think if you had somebody that can create chances from even a deeper role, oh, I'd, I'd just have to have him in. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that, man. I get that. Um, David Silva is one of the best, one of the greatest the Premier League will ever see. Um, I th- it was hard for me not to put him into it. It just, I think, look, Gerard, I do agree with you. With he wasn't the best at the end of his career, but he did have that that amazing thirteen fourteen season, like with Sturridge and Suarez. So yeah, like it, it's. Yeah. It, so, like, but then again, Paul Scholes was in there up until what 2012 13. Um, yeah, couldn't put him in there because he wasn't at his peak then. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, look, I understand. I get your logic completely. And look, anybody that has uh, David Silva in their team, I'm never going to fight with him over. So, um, look, I'd be happy to throw David Silva in there if you wanted to sacrifice Gerard. I don't mind. Yeah, I think if we, I actually think Gerard probably be a better suit because, as you said. You need somebody that could complement Kante and KDB and Jared could obviously do that perfectly. So I really don't mind uh, not having David Silva in there. He'd probably just be like, if there was a bench, he'd be, you know, the first player on the on the bench or whatever, if there was yeah. ever an injury. yeah. So yeah. I really don't mind putting Gerard in there because he does complement both players uh, really well in the other well, in the midfield. I think if you were just going on like um, on a Premier League 11 that you'd like to pick that was that kind of did the best like in terms of ability but weren't actually going to go out and play a game well I think David Silva would definitely be in there but I think if you were actually having a game you'd need to have somebody like Steven Gerrard in there now I don't think that having David Silva in there would have a massive effect on that but I think I don't know just to I, I'd just be trying to fulfil every single role to its absolute and I think I think Gerrard's just the man to do that so yeah I'd be happy to have Gerrard in there but I'm also happy to have David Silva whatever you think I leave you have this one uh, yeah, I yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say we stick in Gerard, but have David Silva sort of like a, you know, if if, if say Gerard or KDB aren't playing well, he can come on and create the chances or whatever. First resort. Yeah, he'd be he'd be our first. He'd be our first player on the bench. But yeah, so the midfield we've we've agreed on is Kante, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, and Gerard. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, lovely, 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 and then. Yeah, and then I've gone with a front three. I've gone with left winger, right winger, and a striker. Yeah. Do yeah. you want it? Do you want to go first with this one? Right, I'll go first with this one. So, um, yeah, yeah. Right wing, I have uh, Mo Salah in there. Left wing, I have Hazard. And up front, look, it was so difficult trying to choose between three players, but uh, like it was hard not to put Aguero into it because of what he's done in his career and how good he's been. Like, and I can't, I can't fault Aguero. He's been just unbelievable. Um and then with with Harry Kane as well. Harry Kane has just been fucking class, man. He's been unreal. But I I just think, yeah, for this team though, I just I put in Luis Suarez up top, uh, just because I think he's probably the best striker of our generation. Even what he went, he was part of one of the best trios to ever play football. He went to Atletico, won the league. Um, I just think that man was just different gravy, like you know. So, uh, yeah, I have to have I have to have. Maybe that was one of the reasons why I didn't have ever a left back either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't completely understand. Uh, yeah, I've actually gone for I've gone for pretty much the same except for the striker. I've gone Salah right wing, uh, Hazard left wing, and then I've gone just because of how good he was and like for his ability. If you're going off like from our generation, and if you're going off how actually good he was, I just went with Aguero just because. Suarez didn't have sort of. I actually think if Suarez stayed a bit longer with Liverpool, he would have won. He would have won a trophy. Now I, it's now I'm not. I didn't. I'm not blaming him for you know leaving for Barca. Liverpool were like unbelievably, unbelievably bad at the time. 
I completely understand that. But yeah. I just went with Aguero just because obviously of his his um QPR goal that won them the league, and then he scored like what hundred and sixty like it's only hundred sixty like two hundred goals or something for City. Yeah. So, yeah. but I yeah. understand Suarez getting in as well. Yeah, no, I get that, man. Look, I, I it's kind of like the David Silva and Gerard argument. Look, I can completely understand. I know, like, it's easy to switch my mind with the Aguero. Like, even as you said that last minute, it's easy. It's easy to change my mind with who I'd have as a as a striker. I think Suarez for me was just like uh, it's hard to to not forget how how amazing he's been for his whole career and how like how good he was off the ball as well. Like his off the ball running was just insane. Like he he used to taunt defenders. Um, so I think like the best the best players I've seen play in the Premier League were uh, like Paul Scholes, Luis Suarez, and Thierry Henry. They're the best three players I've seen play in the Premier League. Um, so it was it was hard for me not to not to put Suarez into it. But again, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight with anyone about about Aguero because he was such a he was a born goal scorer and again a born winner. So yeah, look, I think yeah, we, yeah, yeah. in Aguero, we won't we won't fight about that one. So. Yeah, I think I think again it just comes back to the fullbacks. It depends. Like we both have two sort of different styles of play. I obviously have the more defensive left backs in terms of the way they don't push up as much, and then you have the defender, the you know the fullbacks that are known for pushing up. You know, getting the assists every season. I think yeah. obviously having a Suarez up there because his head, even though he wasn't like the tallest striker, he was only like five eleven, five ten at the time when he was at Liverpool. Yeah. He scored at some amount of headers. His as you said, his off the ball movement was mad. Like some of the goals he scored for Liverpool were mental. Now, do you remember that goal he scored? Uh, I can't even remember who it was against, but do you remember when the uh, the left back, I think, or left mid, kind of went in to to cross the ball, but like a slide tackle was coming in, and he kind of half connected with it and kind of pulled over it all the same, at the same time, and the ball came to like the outside of the box, and Gerard head or Suarez headed the ball from outside the box and put it into the top left hand corner. That was yeah, of, I, rem- I remember oh. that goal. Um, who was that against? Oh, it was against Crystal Palace. Was I think. It? I think it was. Yeah, it was against Crystal Palace. Like I know the goal, and your oh. man tried to. Their left back tried to pull out of it or something on the edge of the box. Suarez picks out the top corner with a header. It just. It was, a, was. It was one of the best goals that I've ever seen Suarez score. That one, uh, the one against Newcastle as well, when he had the when he had your man on his back. Like who was it that played the? It was like a forty-yard ball. And he chested yeah, it I think down. it was the left back or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He chested it down, took it around the keeper, and slotted it in. I think it was Colicini, if I'm if I'm not wrong, the Newcastle centre half. Yeah, there. I think I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Colicini. Yeah, yeah. Someone with a big mad curly head of hair, you never really forget him. But uh, oh, like it was just amazing the way he he got in front of the defender, the strength of him, like the and then the technical ability to take it around him was just insane. I've watched so many Suarez goals recently because I don't think you'll ever see a striker like him in the Prem ever again. Yeah, he was just so technically good, and he, he was one of those strikers where, like, he impacted a game. Like, say if he didn't score, he'd always get an assist because now obviously. That 13-14 season, he, him and Sturridge were on fire. That is that is one of the best seasons, like individual seasons, probably the best ever individual season I think I've ever seen because yeah. he missed, like, I think he missed the first seven games through suspension or something. First five. And then, yeah, first five or something. And then he still went on and scored 31 goals without any penalty. There was no penalties. Like. Yeah, yeah, man. It was just, that was, uh, again, it was him and Ronaldo have the best individual seasons I've seen. I, I can't even... Say who I think is better because Ronaldo obviously done it from a, 
a deeper right wing role. But uh, man, yeah, no, you're dead right. Suarez's season that year was just it was crazy, man. And as you said, there was no there was no penalties involved in that either. So like Suarez was just gifted for not making lads. He he was just crazy, man. Like the how he used to get the ball underneath him, the little touches to take him around the defender and just sit him down half the time. I've never seen that and like it, but look, Aguero was, was very similar. His positioning was probably a bit better than, than uh, Suarez. So, yeah, look for a goal scorer, an out-and-out goal scorer. I think I probably agree with you to put in Aguero, uh, but Suarez can't go without a mention. Oh, definitely. I think I actually, I actually wouldn't mind putting Suarez in just because he... I actually think he is one. Of, he's definitely, definitely the best striker of our generation. But I mean, if you're going of all time, he's definitely up there. You know, with with the R nine, he was with the R nines. You know, with your your, your Gerd Mullers, all of those type of players that have scored these hundreds of goals. And the thing is, Suarez, like even at like even at Barcelona, he was he scored something like 300, 400 goals at Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. and like, he was he was part of one of the best trios to ever play the game. Yeah. So it ju- it just shows like he 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 was so good and he proved that he could do it sort of uh you could do it sort of you know in both leagues that and he, as of course playing with Messi and he's played with Messi and Gerard two unbelievably really 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 good players and then yeah. even even when Liverpool even when before thirteen fourteen even like I think it was about two years before he was banging in like hat tricks every game because like it, he would he was the only like player Liverpool had him and Gerrard were the only two players Liverpool like Liverpool had. The rest were all like bang average players. Those two were the two world class players, and then obviously as he got on, he got better and better. And then obviously he won the league with Atletico this season as well, which just shows he still has it. Yeah, when you when you look at a player's ability and like whether to call him world class or not, I always look at what they do to the players around them. Like the, if you see Suarez that year, like he made that Liverpool team look. Unbelievable when they were so shaky, apart from uh, Gerard Sturridge and and Suarez. But Suarez made Sturridge look like a world class striker when he's not. Like I don't think Sturridge is anywhere near world class. But Suarez brought him to that level. Um, and look, don't get me wrong, Sturridge had an unbelievable season. But look what he done afterwards and before even he wasn't at major. Like so, uh, the world class players always made the players around him much better. And that's exactly what Suarez done. That's what Bruno's doing now at, at United. So if Bruno does that for another season or two, he'll be classified as world class as well. Um, but Suarez yeah, was, yeah. was like Neymar was was young when he came to to Barcelona as well. And then when Suarez was part of that mix as well, he just made he made Neymar. I think he was part of the reason why Neymar is so good. Oh, definitely. I compl- oh, I completely agree with that statement. That that is that that's completely that's completely true. Like I. That MSN trio was unbelievable. They ripped apart every single team they played. Even even like the you know the Real Madrids, they ripped them apart. The Bayern Munich ripped them apart because they were so good. And especially Suarez, even though you know you had your Messi was Neymar was you know more flashy with his skills and stuff. I think in the whole trio, Suarez went a tiny bit sort of unnoticed by many like media and the fans yeah. in terms of. Because because he you now I know he scored a plenty of goals, but it, you know when you're watching a match, you, you're watching you know Neymar doing these rainbow flicks every five minutes. Yeah. Suarez just every chance he got, he, he was always able to put it away. He was an unbelievable striker, and he's he's definitely one of my favourite strikers to oh. to have played. 
De- definitely, man. And I, if you are ranking that trio as well, right, the way I'd rank them individually would be, obviously, Messi would be number one, Suarez would be number two, and Neymar would be number three in the time that they they wore that trio, you know. So the time that they had with Barcelona, I think Suarez was, as you said, extremely underrated because if they didn't score them goals and, like, if Suarez didn't put them away, and they weren't simple tappings most of the time. A lot of them were, like, you know, not making the lead and putting it into the corner. And like he always stuck the ball into the corner. So if if he didn't finish that ball, but then you don't score the goals and you don't win the games and you don't get the credit that you deserve. So he was extremely underrated and they wouldn't be classified as the trio they wore without Suarez putting the ball in the back of the net. Oh yeah. Oh I completely I completely, completely agree. That that front tree was unbelievable. And just his I remember he put up I remember the stats of like the twenty when they won the Champions League, like the MSN won the Champions League. It was something like Suarez had gone and gotten like thirty-five goals, and but he's got he got like twenty assists on top of that. Yeah, yeah, crazy! Like he was unbelievable. Which just shows how crazy and good he was. How crazy, like really, just unbelievable. Like how how he was. He was just unbelievable. He was a class, class, class player. He was he was so uh, technically gifted, and people people forgot that. Like Suarez is underrated, and like he's he's disrespected just because of what he done. Like I won't Off say. But he was. It was. It was. He done it when it was on the field. But like, well, yeah, yeah. I get, yeah, yeah. It was like obviously the the ever situation, and then obviously the biting. And I think some people now obviously that's bad. You know, that's bad. You don't do. You don't do stuff like that. But you can't really judge if you're going off ability. You can't judge somebody off something that they've barely. If you're going off ability, he's definitely one of the best. Like up there. Yeah, yeah. And like look, I understand what he done with it for his country as well when he cleared that ball off the line with his hands and look he was happy about it. I don't care what anyone says. I'm doing the exact same thing. Like he brought his yeah. to the next level. I know the I know like the opposite team is never going to be happy with something like that and you're going to get discredited for it. But like he was just a born winner. I think a, a lot of people in his in his shoes wouldn't have done the same thing just simply because they'd rather they'd rather lose the game. And not get the stick, then then do what he done and bring his team to the next level. Um. So look, I, I, with the biting, there's just no, there's no, like trying no to excuses. Like yeah, it was just it was just stupid, man. I don't know what it was about, but uh, look, I don't with the everything as well. Look, that's disgraceful, obviously, especially in the of course, of course, especially with what we're what kind of climate that we're in now, like. But uh, look, I'm not using that to to judge his football ability. He was just sensational as a footballer, and that's how I'll remember him. Not for what he done in in like you know whatever and Chiellini and and things like that. So, um, yeah, he was a baller, man. Yeah, yeah. So, we, do we both agree putting him up front? Yeah, is that okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to put him up front. Perfect, perfect. Then we we actually had the same two. We actually had the same two wingers, Salah and Hazard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Both really, really, really good players. Obviously, Salah's the more better goal, like he'd be the better goal scorer. But I mean, if you're going off overall winger, it'd definitely be Hazard. Yeah. Because his dribbling and his close control and the way he brought players like into the game was was second to none. He was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing about Salah, I struggled to put him into this eleven because I was kind of basing on who'd go and win a game. Salah, I don't think would actually do as good in this system just simply because they're not playing the false number nine role it's not as much of a, of an inside forward so he'd have to be better on the ball now look I don't think Sal is bad on the ball or anything like that but he's he definitely wasn't at hazard level with his close control getting fouls 
to relieve the pressure for his team up the pitch, intricate play, bringing other players into it. He was just, he was, Hazard was a monster at that. And Salah just, it's a part of his game. He really does need to work at, but he, it goes unnoticed because of the goals he scores. So, uh, look, uh, the two of them kind of have to be in it uh, just simply because of their their ability and their talent. But uh, I don't know if, if Salah would actually even do that well in this team. You, you'd have to see. I haven't really seen him play in, in a team that plays this kind of a system with with uh, like a number nine role. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still think, look, you're born, you're, you can either score goals or you're not. You're either born to do it or you're not. Um, and he, I think he scored goals in any team, but I'd love to see him in that kind of a role in that Liverpool team. You know, if they went out and got like a, an out and out number nine, I'd love to see what, what way Salah would change from that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I get you because that's again, especially with like, you know, with Firmino being false nine and the Liverpool team that currently plays, it does bring Salah and, you know, your man is into the game, which then leads to, you know, more goals or whatever. And so would it, it would be very interesting to see if they had, like, say if Salah was playing in a team like this, if there was another out-and-out goal scorer in the team, like, as well as him, just to see how he would do. I think that is, as you said, there is one one aspect of his game that he needs to improve on, which is his dribbling, his dribbling. When he gets the ball, he doesn't take players on. Like, I watch every, I watch every, every Liverpool game, and he doesn't take much players on, and when he does, he loses them. Yeah. But if he gets the ball in the sixth, in the 18-yard box, he'll probably score. Yeah, from nothing, like, and and uh, look, there's a couple of different ways you can look. I think when he first came to Liverpool and when he when he had the couple of seasons that he did where he was amazing, um, I think his dribbling wasn't too. But everyone was afraid to touch him in the box because he has such like tidy feet. But it was, I think, people overate him. Like I see when I put up a TikTok, they were. I was kind of saying that Salah wasn't as good at with the ball at his feet and things like that, and people were kind of going going mad underneath it saying. Oh no, Salah's really underrated. He's just not though. Like he's passing. No, nah, he's not. Yeah, I, I know he's re- he's really not. I think if you're going for if you want to, if you want the goal scoring winger, you'll go for Salah because you know he 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 will score them goals for you. But if mm. you want the winger that will provide everything that norm, you know that a winger does, close control, getting them passing off. Yeah, you wouldn't put Salah in. You'd have your Hazards. You'd have your you know your Thierry Henrys. Yeah. Depending on whatever whatever part of the career he was in. But if you're going off like that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Like the Pass his Salah's passing. That's why you never see him get much assists. Like he'll always put up mad numbers, but it'll always be like twenty, thirty goals, and then you'll get like the odd five, ten assists. Yeah, yeah. You, like you'd have Hazard getting, like say Hazard, he'd go get say fifteen goals, but then he'd get twenty-five assists or something on top of that, over yeah. whatever competitions he was in, because he was such a good close control like dribbler, and like he didn't. He was just so. He reminded me a tiny bit of like the well the way he played, like a tiny bit sort of as we said like Messi. Like he sort of he he was he was quick like early Messi. I mean like two thousand and like nine two thousand and ten Messi, yeah. where he sort of got the ball was able to run between three or four players and then score. With, with like the way he dribbled and the way he like sort of he sort of he sort of hunched his back over, and then because because nobody would touch him because he'd go down and they get the penalties or whatever. Yeah. That's why he was so good. His low centre of gravity was so good and he used it to his his advantage so much. That's why I think he was so good. Yeah, I think I, I actually think probably the best left winger in the Prem since Hazard is Jack Grealish. And I know people are going to say that Sadio Mane and look, Sadio Mane had a couple of good seasons, but 
and he was this one year of, he hasn't been the best. Yeah, but I think this year is back to the way that he was. Like that's how Liverpool signed him. Do you know what I mean? That's that was his ability when he was at Southampton. He he could come out with a couple of goals in the game, but he was never unbelievable. I think he was just playing way above his level for a couple of seasons. And it's hard for me to say, like if he doesn't come back up from the form that he's in now, people won't even talk about Mane in ten years' time. And that's a fact because he only had two good years. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I I, I get that. Yeah. It's, yeah, obviously, if you're going off since Hazard, I probably, actually, yeah, I probably, I, I, Grealish is definitely one of the best, te- more, he's best, definitely one of the more, like, technical footballers out there. It's, but I see, I think Mane was a tiny bit like Salah. He's not the best at taking players on. He'll finish anything in the 18-yard box, but he, he, he wasn't really the best. He never he never really got assists, even in the seasons where he got 20 goals or whatever. He never got assists. So I, I, I'd still, you know... Grealish was Grealish is is one of those players that you know he makes Aston Villa look good, and that's yeah. hard. Oh man, that's a yeah. Like a, it, there, there's two things that's hard to do in football. It's it's easy to look good in a bad team, right? But it's hard to make a bad team look good, and it's hard to make an excellent team look better. And that's they're they're two of the hardest things you can do as an individual in a team. And I think I think Jack Grealish makes a bang average. Villa team look very good when he's in it. Like his, he's so underrated. Like and how he's disrespected from Southgate is just is just beyond me. Like how there's a lot of players out there that just feel like they're, they're entitled to play for England every year. And it's like Jack Grealish has to be amazing for England. I just don't get him. And he's he's so good on the ball. His passing, his hold up play, and Hazard and Grealish were. I think they were the two most foul players ever in the Premier in one season. Um, so yeah, so I've seen something like that as well. Yeah, yeah, and there's a reason for that. People think that they just go down easy. It's not just that you have to get fouled. You have to have tidy feet. You have to, you like, you know, you're not going to dive and get a free kick every single time. It's smart play, and in, in like a Villa team, that's what you have to do to relieve pressure. Do you know what I mean? That that when you're playing a game of soccer, and your winger or your striker takes the ball and gets a free kick, as somebody who plays in defence, I can tell you, that's just. It's just like a weight off your shoulder and a breeders and a breeder. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just Greedish is a baller, man. He's class. Oh, he's 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 he's, re- he's an unbelievable player. Um, he's he's so technically good in the ball, and obviously you can even see like Villa were what challenging for the Europa League spots, and then he got injured, and they went down to like eleventh. Yeah, it just show it shows like, and then obviously, and then when he came back, Villa had instantly improved. He still, I think he still, even though he was, he, I remember he was injured for like a month and a half, and he still ended up with the most dribbles completed in a ninety minutes with like something like sixty or something. Yeah, yeah, man, he's he's different gravy, and I think every single type, every single like, I suppose football and community that looks at Jack Grealish individually, everyone in that community will tell you he's a very good player, but then he just gets so much disrespect, like from England, from even FIFA. I don't know what his FIFA rating. I think I think it's like eighty or something. eighty or something. Yeah, it, it it it's a bit. I think I think well to be fair, EA do base like half of their ratings off like whatever team he plays for. Like if he plays for in a Man City team, he he get like an eight score rating card. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I, agree, I agree. I think Jack Grealish is a very disrespected footballer, and I actually said in a video recently, I think he's one of a very few players that I call a generational talent nowadays. Like Foden is is a generational talent. Um I think Greenwood is a generational talent. And I think Jack Reed 
generational talent. Them three players, three English players as well, they are unbelievable. And if Gareth Southgate doesn't do well uh, in in national in international competitions with that team, he's just like I don't think Southgate is the man to do it anyway. But it, like that team is just crazy. Them three players alone are going to do crazy things in their career. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I completely, I completely, I completely um, understand that. Even I can under even understand even Greenwood when he hit a wall there a few months ago. You know, I think it was only up till about January he had one Premier League goal. Then he went on a mad, he went on a mad game where he mad game in Spurry where he scored something like he was seven goals in seven games or something like that. Like yeah. if you're going off, if you're going off like finishing, you want if you want somebody that will finish like right now in the Prem. You definitely put Greenwood up there with like your Harry Kane's, you know your Mo Salas because he can because he's he's great with both feet. That's the thing; he's class on his left and on his, on his right. Yeah, yeah, and as a defender, it's impossible to defend somebody that's that's good with yeah. two feet. And just uh, what I'd say about Greenwood, like with his off form, he did. I think it was his best mate that that like passed away, and he was dealing with all that. And look, I know people will will use like use that to say it was an excuse and things like that. That that, that just messes you up mentally. You're not going to play the same as well. You have to be fully focused yeah. regarded as a player playing at his top level. And it's impossible to do that when your mind is elsewhere. So look, Greenwood is going to be one of the best players in the world in a couple of years' time. And so is Foden. The two of them yeah. are going to be unbelievable. Mark my words, Greenwood is going to be an out and out number nine and he's going to rack up crazy numbers. He's going to be class. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I, I never understood people disrespecting because disrespecting somebody like that because there is a reason why he's starting for United every week. Yeah, like there is a reason why he's gone on and he scored something like twenty goals last year. Any player, any youngster that consistently plays in the Premier League is good. You, you, like there's a reason that they play there. It's they didn't get there by luck. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, lad. Look, Mason Greenwood. Uh, I remember watching him when he was when he was fourteen. I remember watching him play a game versus Middlesbrough, and uh, lad, he was just a different ball game, and he was class. He was uh, even at that young of an age, he was just destroying. He was destroying different teams. I you know he was uh, in that game. I could only say that that one player stood out. That's it. Yeah, yeah. He was just class, man. He was look. I I've been keeping an eye on Greenwood for years, and I just think the chap is just different gravy. He's going to be unbelievable. Mark my words. Oh, he's not. He's an unbelievable player. Even with same with Foden, the two those two from the two Manchester clubs are unbelievable players. Technically, they are un unbelievable. Everything about their game is unbelievable. Yeah, Foden. like and, and the thing is as well with Greenwood, he's getting more used to playing in the wing, so he's taking more players on. Like remember, he grew he grew up playing as like an out now number nine. Yeah. Now obviously, last few years he you know he's played on the right for United or whatever. That's the, like if he continues to play there as a person that's good on their left and right and can finish, like most things that come into the eighteen yard box, he'll be an unbelievable player in the years to come. Yeah, man, you're dead right, and Phil Foden as well. How you can tell a good player in a in a good team like that is when he's like do you know do, do you remember that stage throughout the season when. Guardiola was making a sub and the first person that comes to your mind in that City team that you take off would have been Phil Foden because he would have been the youngest and like he probably wouldn't have been as influential as some of the other players that were starting because of such big names you can't take him off. I knew Phil Foden was going to be classed before that but once Guardiola was leaving him on and taking off more experienced players that's when I said 
right? Jeez, this kid is going to go to the very, very top. Like he's going to be unreal class. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I, I completely get you. Yeah, even this season, like himself individually, this season he's been unbelievable. Especially against their city, there, um, not city, um, PSG in the Champions League second leg in the semi final, he was unbelievable. Both Dortmund games, he was unbelievable. Yeah, he's yeah. Been, and he, and even even against Liverpool at Anfield, he he absolutely ripped us apart. Oh, he did, and he did it single handedly as well. Nobody knew what to do with him because he's so versatile. He can he can go anywhere. Like, and he has that that ability to to take a touch and a shot in one movement. That's so hard. Like, that's like do you know when you touch a ball to the left hand side, yeah, and you take like the goal that he scored against Liverpool. You take. You take that touch to your left and then shoot nearly instantly with very little backlift on it. Like it's, lad, he's just. Oh, like, he's an unbelievable player. To, to he really get, is. To go to the levels and to play in the kind of games that he's playing in at his level, he's just going to the, go to the very top. I think he's he's going to actually win the Ballon d'Or one day. I genuinely believe if, that. If I can, I can see him, I can even say, see him like staying at City. Like there's no. He's he's just un, he's an unbelievable player and he, he just. As he gets older, he'll get more experienced, and I think he—I think he'll go to the very top. He's—he's he's, he's obviously what he's. I think he's already won like ten trophies or something. Yeah, with City, which 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 is absolutely mental. Now obviously he didn't win one tonight. That's you know it's unlucky or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like he is unbelievable. He is he has been. You know you're good, right? When somebody like Sterling's getting taken off instead of you. Yeah, 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 hundred percent, yeah. 100% I agree with that. Phil Foden is one of the most influential players in that City team right now. And that's like, the talent that they have. Their bench could win that Premier League. Like It's crazy. Oh, so, Phil Foden is one of the first names on the team sheet. just says it all. Yeah. But yeah, that's, 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 I completely agree. I think he's a class player. And yeah, I think, I think yeah, he's, he's, just been, he's just a really, really, really good player. And I think he'll go to the very, very top. And if you, if you ask me my... my 11 like in five years time I could nearly I could nearly put Phil Foden's name in it right now do you know what I mean that's that's how far he's going to go he's not going to leave City he's going to get a crazy contract they're going to bring in more players I'd be surprised if they don't bring in Harry Kane and Jack Grealish in this window um, so like there's no reason why why he'd leave like and he will win the Champions League in the next in the next couple of years I think so um, look I think we have our our all-time uh, 11 from 2010 to 2020. I think that's a fairly good team that's going to win again. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to read it out just so that we have, we've agreed on it all and that there's any changes we can go over them. So the uh, goalkeeper we've gone for... Oh, wait, have we gone for De Gea in goal? Yeah, yeah, De Gea in yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely, lovely. Right, the back four of Walker, Van Dijk, Company and Robertson. Yeah. Perfect. And then the... Three in midfield, Kante, Kevin De Bruyne and Gerrard. Yeah. Lovely. And then a front three of Salah, Hazard and Luis Suarez. Yeah, that's that's some team. That's what that's oh. winning, that it goes into. <laughs> that's what that's winning anything. That's winning the travel and all. But yeah. The question you have to ask though is who's managing this team? Oh, oh, I don't know. I oh, see. For the system that we're playing, I'd actually say Guardiola. Just because he's been obviously he's been unbelievable, it like if you're well if you're going off all, all time definitely be Alex Ferguson. But yeah. if you're going from like 2010 to 2020, it would probably be, uh, probably be Guardiola. Then if you were say if you had a false nine and maybe a more defensive, 
um, player, you know, in Gerrard or whatever. I'd probably even put Klopp there just because he's better with the high press and fast players than, yeah. you know, than Guardiola is because, sure, that's what Klopp built this Liverpool team on. But other than that, yeah, I think that's oh, that team's winning everything. One. Yeah, I, th- I think you just reiterated exactly, exactly what I'm about to say. Um, Pep Guardiola has to manage this team just with the style that it's been played. If you're going all-time, it's definitely Alex Ferguson. But if you're going with a more defensive midfield, as you said, Klopp is just the, the king at that. So, yeah, no, Pep Guardiola's got managed in this team. And uh, look, it, uh, if this team was to grace the game as one team, they'd win everything you put in front of us. It'd be class. Oh, they really would. But yeah, I just want to, we're coming to the end of this podcast, this episode. And I just want to thanks for coming on, man. Really, really means a lot. Ah no! Look, I, I'm happy to be a part of this. It's, uh, it was amazing to 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 go over even the players and and you know different moments in their career. I just think it was uh, it was just an honour to come on here. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks very much. Uh, thanks very much for coming on, man. I really, 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 really appreciate it. But anyway, yeah. yeah um, don't be don't be afraid to ask any questions, lads. This episode should be out by the end of the night. And don't forget to follow Dylan on TikTok at Dylan Forty Ten. Is that alright, you? Yeah, one lad. Thanks very much for having me. All right, lovely. Good night, man. See you in a bit. Good luck.